I am still just as unsure and uncertain and slow sometimes to recognize exactly what it is that God has for me to do as I was the day when I first started out. And I thought and I wondered and I finally got to that place yesterday, I think it was, where I was questioning God. God, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Or is this what you want me to say? And then I got to church yesterday evening, and I'll tell you, God, with a mighty affirmation, crystallized it in my spirit and let me know with uncertainty that I was right on track. As I walked into the church with uh, Pastor Sam and I approached his office there on his door that reads about a question. What will one question do? And I put on my shouted shoes. I said, Lord, that's what, that's it, that's it. So when the good deacon this morning asked me this morning, would you give me the title of your sermon? I'd say he was looking for paper and pen to try to write it down. I say, you can remember this one. I say, the message is entitled O-N-E. One. Can anybody remember one? That one time you messed up? That one time when you should have gave your all and you didn't do it? That first love, that one kiss? Well, I'll get to it in the message, all right? (laughs) From the 26th chapter, verse 14 and 16. You find these words recorded. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto him, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for forty pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. One. Then one of the twelve. One. No division. It's undivided. It's a single unit. It stands alone. One. Judas possessed a, a mind that was undivided with treachery. Undivided in the thought to portray a friend. One mind that was undivided in pursuit of deception with a singleness of purpose Judas asked 
what will you give me? And I'll deliver him unto you. His undivided attention was fixed on 40 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to portray Jesus. Judas was one of the 12. He was a single member of that inner circle, just one. Judas was one in contrast with relations to the others. One of the 12, but the only one who had the devil in him. Jesus plainly and emphatically said, one of you is a devil. I cannot help but wonder uh, and think what a privilege it must have been to have been chosen and selected to be one in that number with Jesus. Judas rubbed shoulders with, he ate and drank, walked and talked, and slept with that in crowd. He was the one who possessed such a winning personality that he was appointed treasurer of the group. Now you all recall that Matthew had been the one who had the experience in handling the money. For Matthew had been a public tax collector. But the scripture informs us that Judas was the one appointed to hold the money bag. Judas, the, he was the trusted one. Judas was expected to be the honest, reliable, and faithful one. I wish I could get somebody to say amen in here. Let me tell you a few things about one. One child in the family gets all the attention. One child does not have to share his tools or his toys. It does not get as much to feed, doesn't take as much to feed one as it does to feed two. And let me tell you something. You know, one drop of oil will stop a squeaking wheel. And nothing take but one flat tire to put you on the side of the road. And I don't know if y'all know it or not, but one cricket in the room won't let you sleep. One sin was the call of our fall. And one drop of blood paid for it all. Have there been a time when you did not want to be one? Someone has said to go, but you didn't want to be the one to go. Someone uh, uh, had, something had to be said because someone needed to be told, but you didn't want to be the one to do it. And haven't there been times when you wanted to be one? Uh, when your group uh, selected its officers. Did you want to be chosen one? Uh, and it has uh, been uh, said that uh, sometimes we want to be one when you don't need to be one. Am I right about it? Uh, in school, you want to be the one of the cheerleaders or maybe one on the student council. 
But uh, it, it seems like uh, you were always the one who was left out or the one who was disappointed. Am I in the house this morning? Always that one who had, who was overlooked. Uh, the forsaken one. The forgotten one. The one who was shunned. The one who was kicked to the curb. And there were some times that you... Something else I want to tell you about one. In all of life's institutions, there's always one. You may, be, you may not be able to immediately put your finger on it, but I can assure you that one is always around somewhere. I'm talking about in the church, in the home. On your job. And I, I'm, I hate to say this, but there's sometimes one in the family. There's one at your school. And God knows we got one or two of them in government. There's at least one who is the big troublemaker. One who is the big problem uh, maker. One who's always causing a wreck. And I'll tell you something, where I come from, when something starts up in church, I know who that one is. <laughs> I don't have to ask no questions. Every time I see that one coming, I say, here comes trouble. Because I know he's going to be the one to try to mess up everything. One who says uh, the wrong word. At the wrong time, at the wrong occasion, he's always the one. And nobody wants to tell him to hush his mouth. But somebody needs to be the one to just stand up and blatantly and boldly and tell him to shut your big black mouth. Everyone up in here have had the experience where we had to deal with such a one. Someone had to deal with you. Maybe you were the one who caused some of the problem. Maybe you were the one who stirred up everything. Or perhaps you were the one who refused uh, when everybody else uh, wanted to do something. You know, this is a personal message this morning, and I didn't come looking for anybody to shout. I'm glad I sat in Pastor Sam's room this morning, and I was looking for some appropriate preliminary words that I might say to you, and I was led uh, to 1 Corinthians, and there I saw what uh, my favorite apostle by the name of Paul had to say. He said, I determined to know nothing among you. I'm not determined to know how much money you made last year. I'm not determined to know what kind of car you drove up in today. There's only one concern I have from you. Have you been crucified with Christ? Are you one with him? Huh? The last time I came, I might have told you I don't come to you with excellency of speech or with wisdom declaring unto you uh, the message 
and the word of, of power and salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've only come for one thing. That's to preach the one unadulterated gospel. And to tell you that he is the one who can save us all. He is the only one who deserves our all. He is the only one who the church ought to say hallelujah to. I don't care how good a pastor he is. I don't care how worthy he is and who is served. But he is the only one who is worthy. Am I right about it? And every now and then, somebody ought to say thank you. Every now and then, somebody ought to say glory. I want to tell you one more time, Lord, how you've been good to me. Because you brought me from a long way. Wish I had a witness in the house. Just one time, without any exception, without anybody else to help me, here I am. All by myself. And I'm just one man who just want to tell you, I love you, Lord. I love you for what you have done for me. And this is a personal message this morning. Especially designed and aimed at one of you. Can I hear to my conclusion? Will it be all right? Because one, I'm glad I got a lot of handshakes yesterday. Thank you right now. But when, when y'all when see me walking down the aisle and I see you going out the other side, <laughs> I know you're the one who's been offended. <laughs> Amen. But one of you always find fault with somebody else. I don't care what's done, how it's done, it ain't never right because you were the one who didn't do it. You're the one who always complaining, never says anything nice. You're the one who's got that negative attitude, always pessimistic. You're the one. When they see you coming, everybody else stop talking. Am I right about it? Whenever the waters are trouble, I know who that one is. Sometimes in our home, one parent is dependable and the other is slack and unreliable. One is the rock of stability and the other one is just as unstable and weak as water. One willingly carries his bulk of the load while the other one is off somewhere carrying on in a crowd. When Jesus looked at the twelve, he knew the one who was the hypocrite. He knew that one with whom the devil had in him. And that was the way it is, and that's the way it is right now. Am I right about it? Oh, yeah, the choir sounds good. That's called they're all singing together. But one of them has got some devilish thoughts running through her head. Usher stand at the door, welcoming, greeting, and meeting somebody. But somebody's standing there with some devious thoughts and some evil imaginations running through that one little head they got. Am I right about it? One false shepherd can scatter the flock. And one up in here today has got the devil in it. Somebody in here is holding God's money. And you can't be trusted. You got that beautiful smile. 
You got that winning personality. But you're the one who's just as tricky and treacherous <laughs> as all get up. It's nice to hear you laugh. Hey, but I, I know I'm, gonna, I'm coming home now. Can I really tell it like it is? Just before I take my seat. Because the sign on Pastor Sam's door said, what can one question do? And I want to end my message with this one question aimed at you. Why are you eating and, and, and working and talking with everybody, but you are the one who ain't supporting nobody? You're laughing, you're talking, you're agreeable with everything. But when it comes down to really doing the nitty-gritty, down to where real rubber meets the road, you're the one who's just as contrary as you can be. Everybody else will put up their hand. Everybody else will sign the page. But because nobody's looking at you, you're the one having back. And won't step up and carry your fair share. Am I right about it? Pastor Sam, I want to tell you something. And everybody laughing at you? Don't go along with it. Judas came with a holy kiss. But he was the one who had the treachery and the tricks up his sleeve. Am I right about it? Many are called, but few are chosen. And God expects you to hold up your end of the bargain. You're the one who God has selected. You're the one who God put in position. You're the one who God has appointed. You're the one whose God has anointed. You're the one who God called. You're the one who God wants to install. You're the one. A lot of folk wish they had as much as you got. And you're the one who got all the talent, got all the gifts, got all the ability, and, and got all the vim and vigor. And you're the one who act like you ain't got nothing. Always complaining, always finding fault, always pointing the finger at somebody else. And you need to get up from where your seat of do nothing. Enjoying the seat of togetherness and work along with everybody else. You're the one. If you just step up, every make the Lord a little bit easier for everybody. You're the one who's expected to turn the other cheek and stop pulling out a pocket knife. Stop going home talking about I'm going to get my gun. Talking about I'm going to turn it out when I go back. You're the one who the Lord expects to turn the other cheek. Am I right about it? And if there's one in the crowd that God wants to be an example, you're the one who God is looking at. Am I right about it? If nobody else say, I'll go, you ought to be the one who says, send me. You're the one. If nobody else got anything to say, you're standing there trembling, and you know that the Lord is talking to you, and you got a testimony, and you won't say it. You know what the scripture says, don't you? That uh, you're going to be accountable for every unuttered word, for every word that does nothing. It's in you, but it's laying dormant. It's in you, but it's inert because you don't supply what it needs to be worth make it do something. You are the one. Can I get a witness in the house? God expects you to be one witness and to stand up and to show up if nobody else does anything. If nobody else sings, you ought to be the one that sings. If nobody else will pray, you ought to be the one that prays. 
If nobody else go, you ought to be the one that go. Let me tell you, I've come for one reason. That's to preach one message about one Lord and one faith and one baptism. We've got one risen Savior who died for us all. Jesus is the one. He's the one who's preparing the way. He's prepared. He's the one who will be there standing there. Say, I want you to come on home now. Can I put down the mic for a little while and just tell you about nephew, I am proud to have come today. And thank you, Lord, let me tell you, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for letting this partially bald-headed preacher from the state of North Carolina. Thank you for letting me come and present a message only as you could have it presented. And it may not have been what others wanted to hear. But God, I'm not, I'm not going along. I'm not going with. I'm not depending upon the approval of anyone or any group or any cooperative measure of men. But only what you say. Let your will be done. Let your spirit come. 
right now search hearts minds and bring us into the unity of strength bring us into the full edification of Jesus Christ that we might be more like him in our walk and in our talk thank you for choosing me thank you for selecting me thank you for sending me and taking care of me and presenting me to these people so I could present only what thus says the Lord. It's a, a moment of questioning, of in-house cleaning, of in-house inspection, where we can take personal inventory of ourselves. Lord, am I the one who's been too hesitant for too long? Am I the one who have been too reluctant for too long? Have I been indecisive? Have I been that one who seemingly cannot make up his mind? And if I am that one, Lord, do what only you, the true, true and living God, can do. Rectify the situation. Change my inner self. Rearrange my heart and my mind. And make me one that can be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And if you pray that prayer, I think that the Holy Spirit will answer your prayer and will grant God's blessings upon your life so that you can be that one who God is seeking for in these last evil days. Are you the one? God bless you, my brothers and sisters.